welcome to the Justice for Gamers video game podcast. Episode 25, The Silver Jubilee. In this episode, JFG Ash dips his toe into Metal Gear Solid because he loves a good crab about. JFG Alex has been playing the FIFA 16 demo and feels a bit confused. We once again explain the difference between a Fonz and a Phoenix. And we have an actual question from someone we don't know. And that's you, Michael Strong. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Justice for Gamers podcast. This is episode 25. My name is Alex and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Ash. Hello Ash, how you doing? I'm good buddy. I'm glad I finally sat down, cracked open a cold one. I'm extremely parched. It's been a busy, busy day. Oh yeah, what you been up to? It's, I don't know. Just non-stop. <laughs> It's just like, remember. go to work, get home, take the kids to the swimming lessons, get back, get them to bed, eat dinner, get in a quick five-minute game of uh, what we'll talk about in a bit, and then uh, set the podcast up and shit, and then I'm I'm here, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just sipping on a cold one now. Yeah. You do all that, and before you know it, it's 8.30 at night. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are, like, sitting down to uh, relax, get ready for the evening, and, well, they're probably already relaxed on the sofa or something. No, no, I've, we're sitting down to do a podcast. Good shout. I find this very relaxing, personally, but uh, I didn't know you found it such a chore. <laughs> this My brain, you know, struggles to think and talk at the same time. I don't like thinking either, buddy, to be fair. It's a tough one. But yeah, it's uh, I'm good, I'm here. I'm so happy about the PS Plus this month, you know. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Oh, it rages on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will happen. Um, it doesn't feel like a week has passed since we recorded the last show. Um I don't know. Probably because it, it hasn't. It's, it's only under? been five or six days. Well, is it? But uh, I'm pretty sure we did it Wednesday, last Wednesday. Yeah, it's only Tuesday, I think. Yeah. That's it's nearly flown by, it's, mate. That's close enough, isn't it? But yeah, it, it literally feels like two seconds ago, we were like, oh shit, now we've got to talk about more games. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, okay, let's do that. <laughs> Uh, before that, actually, uh, probably worth mentioning, this is podcast 25, Ash, which is our Silver Jubilee. That's good news, buddy. What's the what's the occasion for... Well, what's so special about... What do we get? You know, is it like paper? You know, like a wedding anniversary or... Silver. Oh. It was in the name, really, wasn't it? So I think it's time for us to move on <laughs> to... The well-trodden ground that is what we've been playing. So, Ash, (laughs) would you like to get the ball rolling, or shall I? 
I'll, I'll, I'll go for it, buddy. I don't mind. Sweet. Tuck in. Okay. What got? So, this week, or last week, or I don't know what week it was, whenever it is, that that game came out that, you know, everyone loves. Um, Metal Gear Solid, didn't it? So, Oh, yeah. You know, it's getting a lot of buns right now. A lot of uh, people called Snake or whatever lying on the floor getting uh, their horse to shit on them seems to be one of the common things that I keep seeing on the internet, which is quite funny. One of the many things you can do on that game, of course, get your horse to shit on you. True, Um, which is nice. (laughs) So uh, I haven't been playing that, uh, but I did uh, jump into Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero. And I think I've missed the ball on Metal Gear Solid, you know. Like, I never grew up with it. I mean, it was there. But I never played it. Don't ask me why. I had all the consoles. I think I played Metal Gear Solid 3 for about half an hour. But there's something about that game that I just can't get to grips with. Uh, I don't know if it's like because I don't know the characters. But mainly I just can't get my head around the controls and stuff. Have you played any of like the Ground Zeroes? Uh, I've, yeah, I have played some Ground Zeroes. Um, I haven't played enough Ground Zeroes. And I was actually really enjoying it. Um but uh, yeah, the characters not a clue, and um, I yeah, I never had a PlayStation before this one, um, and most of them came out Sony specific, didn't they? Before this one, um, yes, I believe so, so. Didn't really have the chance to to play any. I played the first Metal Gear Solid when it first came out on on the original PlayStation um, around a friend's house a few times, uh, and and liked it uh, a lot. Um, but then I really like. Uh, stealth games like when Splinter Cell came out, uh, that was properly my cup of tea. So, um, the 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 world and the lore seems to an outsider like me and and probably to, like you as well seems really stupid. Like it seems really dumb, and a lot of people seem to embrace that. Um, but I, I same as you, I feel like I really missed out on something here and it's not that easy to get into it but at the same time from what I hear about um, Metal Gear Solid 5 there's not a great deal of story thrust in your face anyway and if you just treat it like a sort of assassin open world game then you'll get on fine yeah the only thing I can think of like a comparison maybe possibly is like if you grew up with Sony uh, and not well Microsoft in the later years um, I guess, like, we played a buttload of Halo, really, didn't we? So, like, we kind of grew up with Master Chief and, like, his aura or whatever, his gameplay and mechanics and things, uh, and him as a character. Um, whereas, I guess, if everyone, well, a lot of people just grew up with Sony, you know, they had Solid Snake and all that lot. Uh, instead, so like I'm guessing they probably wouldn't like Halo as much as we would. Not that we would like Halo anymore, but you know, it, yeah, it, I think it's one of those things. You're right. It's it's a franchise you can't get to grips with, but I do think that Halo is a far more accessible franchise. And yeah, Metal Gear Solid. A lot of the time, and I've I have actually, to be honest, um, I'll hold my hands up here. The last few weeks, with the arrival of uh, Phantom Pain. 
I have been doing quite a lot of research, mainly watching YouTube videos and stuff, trying to suss this series out so yeah. that I can get involved. I want to jump on. I want to play. I want to play this game, and I'd like to play some of the old ones as well. And what I'm kind of discovering is that a lot of the stuff in these games is very sort of counterintuitive. Certainly. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2, for example, the control system is absolutely balmy to the point where it's borderline unplayable at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of the other ones, the, the the timeline of them is not in the order of the, of the games. You know, um, you know, the third one might be set 20 years before the the second one, and it's all a bit of a mess. But I've been like doing my best to catch up to a degree. Yeah. Never seen The Godfather, mate. Never oh, seen it. You're missing out. But um, yeah, what what I've heard from most people is that the new Metal Gear Solid is is not very much like the old Metal Gear Solids, and it's never been less important to understand the lore and the story than with this specific Metal Gear Solid. I'm, I'm guessing you started playing Ground Zeroes in an effort to get yourself kind of juiced up for Metal yeah, Gear Solid Five. Get, get in some sort of sneaky cramped town zone. Uh, and maybe that would swing me around to be like, yeah, fuck it, I'd just spend like 40, 50 quid on this. But it definitely hasn't done that. So I think Metal Gear Solid is going to, well, Five Phantom Pain is going to have to wait till it pops into a cheeky sale on the store, I think. That's fair enough, man. I mean, the sort of stuff that's coming out over the next few months, like, I think you can afford to miss out on one of them. Like you can you yeah. can miss Metal Gear Solid and not feel that left out. No. Um. So yeah, that was uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero. Not really inspiring me. Um. Today being Tuesday. Um. On the American store. Um. You could download the Tearaway Unfolded demo. Just a little heads up. And uh, I've played it for about twenty minutes. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I played Tearaway on the Vita, if you didn't know. And uh, we know that Ellen's got this all pre-ordered and she loved it on the Vita. And she actually She's wrote... proper excited. Yeah, for, she wrote that uh, article about how, why it's the game to own a Vita or something, wasn't it? Which yeah. was a good one. Um, this is very much the same. Uh, it uses the PS4 controller really nicely. Like I said, I've only played it for like about... 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, but from what I've found already, it's thinking outside of the box and, you know, it's it's doing the things that it did on the Vita, really, and, like, utilising it. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't got a camera. You have, though, haven't you? So I'm guessing your face will be able to pop in there <laughs> at yeah, some point, um, which would be I cool. It's There's a companion app as well you can get on your, uh, on, on your phone or tablet that will allow you to... Um, Use that camera device. Um, oh yeah, that and input cool. input your own photos, and and I think a big part of that um, tearaway. I've played a little bit of it on Vita as well because I you know piked it off Ellen for a little while. Uh, a lot of the stuff where you can kind of use textures, you can take pictures and use them as textures on objects yeah. in the world. Uh, yeah, you'll be able to do all of that with a companion app. So um, yeah, it's kind of cool. like um, when in on the Vita. I think some kind of animal. I'm going to go for a squirrel. I think it's the king. He's like, yeah, I need a crown. Yep. So he got a massive dong crown. <laughs> Cut that out of bits of paper and then, uh, yeah, 
dong, dong. And then uh, one of the elks or something was like, oh, it's snowing. It was uh, snowing cock and balls. Of course it was. Classic. You know, that's what these games are all about. Stupidity like that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And especially because like, it's only like 35 quid um, on the store. Um, on the American store, it was only $39.99, which is even less, you know, so... Yeah, it's like £28 or something. I know, right? We get gypped every time. Stupid taxes or whatever it is. I don't know. Politics. But, um, yeah, it, it seems like a good game. Uh, if you don't know how to make an uh, an American account, um, Google it um, and then make one. And then you can download it all, which is a piece of piss. Yeah, it's <laughs> real easy to do and... Uh, yeah, you can you can set one up. I think it's probably worth setting one up for the US store. And I've got another account for the Hong Kong store as well. It's another yeah, so. province. Because, you know, sometimes different demos and stuff pop up on those stores. And it's quite nice to, you know, have another thing to have a little look through. And, you know, maybe play some stuff that you otherwise wouldn't have done. And obviously, so. if you set that account up as a primary on your PS4, um, your UK account or whatever can play... The games from that region. So I have actually purchased, uh, I think it was Lego The Hobbit and also Lego Marvel, I think it was. Yeah. Off the uh, American store for the cheap price of $9.99, so £6.50 each. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Gibbons. Uh, and then the final main game that I've played quite a bit on my own was... Uh, this month's second place PS Plus voting system game. I'm going for that. And that was uh, Armello. Because uh, it should have won. And it didn't. And uh, some shit game won, obviously, in the end. Which is a shame. But I don't <laughs> think it should have won. It should have won. It shouldn't have won. Why? It- because the sort of level of people, the number of people that that game would appeal to is small. And totally. Grow Home is the sort of game that would appeal to loads of people. So from a selfish perspective, it should have won. But there would have been hundreds of thousands of people incredibly annoyed because they don't want some sort of online board game. It's, I don't think it should have won. I think it's it, the fact that it went on the store with a discount was good enough for me. And um, yeah, we've both been playing quite a lot of this actually this week this yeah, Armello um, and it's great but I I don't think it should have won I think well, I think it should have won <laughs> okay because it's something different I mean we've had platformers we've had loads of stuff like that throughout the year or nearly two years now of PS Plus we have never had any kind of game like this and I think why not just one month chuck something different in the mix you know all like the masses out there might be like, oh yeah, I'll play that. And might be like, oh, it's shit. But every game that's come out has been shit, or some people say it's shit. So, you know, this might actually oh, yeah. turn a few people into it and be like, oh, this is quite good, you know. But I, I just think, you know, I've had so many platformers, like, I would have preferred something different this time. I and don't, that, I, that's why I, I bought can't it agree that it's like a platformer like what we've had before. Grow Home is nothing like all the 2D side scroller games that we've been chucked our way. Like not at all. Okay, it's and a 3D platformer. <laughs> it plays completely differently and 
I, I still maintain that that is a great game, terribly optimized. And if it had, if it had come out as it should have done, optimized the way it should have done, then I think everyone would be really enjoying that right now. Uh, obviously, that hasn't happened. And and I'm not campaigning against Armello. I, I'm really, really enjoying Armello. In fact, I, I really like it. But I think Grow Home is a great game. Grow Home is the perfect PS Plus game for me because it, it can appeal to a huge number of different people and they can all enjoy it in their own certain ways but not if it's an, if it's fucking chucked out in a broken state as it was and true but yeah I've said me peace yeah I think I have as well so yeah Armello um, I ended up buying it because I was really intrigued by it we haven't really got any like board game type games um on, on no the we PS4. used to like them on the old console didn't we yeah we play, i was trying like, to ticket think which to ones ride we had and... um we had um ticket to ride obviously what was the one beginning with c called carcassonne carcassonne yeah that was a good one and um yeah so i bought it on a whim um and yeah i've really enjoyed it i've played about i don't know six or seven matches now this week and, yeah, and uh, we had a go last night together as well, didn't we? Yeah, Gibbons, buddy. Um, so if you don't really know about it, it's like uh, pretty much a board game with, you know, you each turn, uh, you get to move three spaces and pick up different cards and you can fight each other. And the aim of it is um, there's four ways to win. Um, one is kill the king in the middle, um, heal the king because he's got this stuff called rot. Which is a bit, you know, sends you a bit mad. Uh, what else is there? Uh, prestige win, which means you've got like the highest uh, prestige from like doing different various tasks and stuff like that. And then the other one's like, uh, is it if you have the most rot or something, or you have more rot than the king or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Because each each um, each set of turns is is finished off by. Uh, a day or night cycle mm. uh, and each morning the king loses another piece of health but each night he gains another piece of rot yes. um, so obviously it, he's he at the end of the match if if no one's attacked the king then the match will last for 10 days that's he's got 10 hearts and so he loses one each day um and yeah you can win by gaining more rot than him which is not easy because he's getting one a day so he he'll finish on a substantial amount um yeah this game's brilliant isn't it this is really good this thing i'm really enjoying it i thought like the the prologue and like the introduction to it wasn't too like intense it, it definitely eased me into it like I, by the end of it like there was four missions that you do i still didn't really have like much of a clue about all the different cards and stuff but I got the idea, you move around, you do certain tasks. I, I love the fact that there's like fantasy like um, tasks and shit, like um, Dungeons and Dragons crap. It's like, oh, you must go to the here and save the whatever farmers from the evil rats or <laughs> some bollocks like that in it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I really like that. You know, it's like a little storyline in there. Um, and then like there's like... The, the game of chance there as well like so um uh, it's out of 10 uh, and say uh i pick a task for fighting uh, and i've got five uh in my fighting that means i get a five out of ten chance of uh, getting like a, a a special bonus um be it a 
a follower, an item, or what is it like? Uh, oh, one of the soul shards or whatever they what are they called soul gems. I can't remember now. It is. It's an extremely it's, intricate game. Yes, it genuinely is. Like when I was playing through the prologue. I, I suddenly realised I was in real bother if I wasn't paying real close attention and I actually ended up sitting right on the edge of my bed like right I was like right I'm in concentration mode right now yeah. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna suss this out but it's it it's one of those games that I think as you say the prologue does an excellent job of easing you into it but it doesn't teach you everything because it can't no. and uh, it's one of those games that you know, within half an hour or so, anybody could play this. But to master it, I feel like it's going to take hundreds of hours. And I'm on it. Challenge dozens accepted. of games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm I'm loving this game. It's wicked. It's awesome. And I think that has you know made me more the fact the thought. You know, uh, this would have been a great PS Plus game, but I totally understand that. There's more people that don't like these type of games, so I I bow down. Is no, it? I, 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 I mean it's it's not an argument that anyone can win, and no, I totally agree not. with you. Like as as Funk said last week, and and the more and more I think about it, the fact that you know we're paying a subscription, and and I think Sony have kind of chucked the ball into the public's court, but you know it. It's the sort of thing where if if PS Plus was curated properly, then, you know, yeah, Sony could chuck one of these games out and and maybe a lot of people wouldn't like it. But the the excuse would be, well, you know, you haven't had anything like this before. So whereas, you know, as as you mentioned and as Funk says, if 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 every month now one of our games, the the voted game, is just going to be the most obvious choice every time, and and yeah. there's a lot of stuff will fall by the wayside there, but at least it still hits the store. It's not like that game disappears. And yeah, totally. And like you say, like cheeky little twenty percent discount on it and stuff. So it was only like um, eleven quid or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'd do that. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, and. Yeah. We we uh, we had no everyone who voted for Grow Home had no way of knowing it was going to be broken when no, it launched. No, none at all. And, and you know, I would have been more than happy with that game had it come out working properly. Uh, worth noting, by the way, that uh, still nothing from Ubisoft about the fact that <laughs> this game all. is broken, and a week later, still no patch either. So, and in fact, a lot of publications who have reviewed this game uh, uh, haven't mentioned it at all. The fact that it's got these issues, which is just. I don't know, pa- fucking payoff country, you know, like what the hell? You can't miss it. But um, but yeah, no, Armelo, Armelo's wicked. Um, apart from that, uh, it's pretty been pretty much been your standard Rocket League. Uh, and good news, got the platinum this week, didn't I, buddy? Oh yeah, nice. enjoyed that. Yeah, so, you were waiting for the. Uh, drive 500k weren't you to get the final one yeah I don't know when it popped up but it's definitely not 500k no I think it's a <laughs> um, bit bugged this thing yeah I'm, I think I'm up to like a rank 23 or something now so aim for about there and you should be good <laughs> yeah my one hasn't popped yet but I think when we play together I spend more time on the goal line I think that's, that's true I say. do drive around a lot more because I'm yeah, reckless so I'm sure I'm not too <laughs> far away but uh yeah, fucking. I, I tell you, last night I think is the first time I actually got annoyed at Rocket League 
because I, I hit one of those little situations where, that you get into where yeah. you're trying so hard that you fuck everything up. And <laughs> that was happening to me for about an hour last night and I was getting genuinely annoyed. <laughs> yeah, it's not not great when... yeah, It feels like the game's fucking you, but you know, it's it's just all your fault. Yeah, and, absolutely. You just gotta ride like, it out. A couple of games after that, you like banged in like four goals in the first couple of minutes or something. It's like, yeah, there we <laughs> yeah. go, sorted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, we did find um, that on the PS4, you can disable co- uh, crossplay. Yeah, and we recommend that you do that because we were getting. It seems it seems to me that nine times out of ten, when we lose heavily, we were playing PC opposition. Now, yes. I think you mentioned there's some possible cheaty stuff going on there on the PC, some some modding and stuff that you can possibly do. Uh, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but the best bet is to not even bother finding out. So, True. It, before you load into a party or join a match with friends or even with strangers, pop into the options menu and you can disable cross-play. Um, I suppose I'm talking to PC gamers here as well. This is a- um, Yeah, the PC gamers will be getting that in the next update. They haven't okay. got the ability to disable it, but they but will they're, do. But they're safe in the knowledge that you know PS4 gamers can't cheat because they haven't really got access to the code in the same way as uh, someone True. working you know, a, a PC version. Yes, but... Yeah, but- so that's pretty much me done for the week in games. I'm sure there was like some more. Um, I think I was playing Lego Batman Three, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> no. So what have you been up to, buddy? Um, yeah, uh, lots of Armello, and really enjoying that. Actually, um, yeah, because you when you uh, splooged out for that, you sent me a message, and I downloaded it on the spot, um, obviously with our family sharing everyone. Um, and uh, Ellen was coming around to stay over for the weekend, and we got absolutely so into this game. Like We loaded it up on Sunday morning when we woke up, and we, we literally played it for like four hours. We stopped for the Grand Prix, and then we loaded it up again afterwards. Um, mainly Ellen playing. Um, she's a massive fan of board games and stuff. And yeah, it was it's strange because I, I felt like I was really sort of learning the game a little bit, um, watching her play it. And um, interesting to see, like, there were lots of occasions where you have multiple choice options of picking things. Uh, and she'd make a choice and then ask me if I would have made the same one. And invariably the answer was no, no, I wouldn't have done that. But uh, it's a very interesting game. So, yeah, played loads of that, really enjoying it. Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, F1, I'm still going for the Platinum, and I think I've got to the stage now where uh, <clears throat> I'm calling bullshit because there's at least two trophies now that should have unlocked and haven't. So I think I'm getting fucked here, buddy. I think I might have just shouldn't have bothered. Has um, there been any like people reporting about it online or anything? Or? Not really, not really. A, a couple of people on one of them um, said it hadn't unlocked, um, but then there were just as many people saying, no, it has unlocked for them. Um, there's a couple of these. One of them is, 
uh, clean race in championship mode. So in the season mode, I still haven't unlocked the trophy for not hitting any cars or anything. Wow. Uh, which seems incredibly unlikely to me. I've completed three seasons on this thing now. Uh, so last night I loaded one of the, I loaded up a new championship season, went into the first race in Australia. I didn't bother with practice or quali or anything. I just did a five-lap race uh, playing as the Marussia uh, and didn't even pull away off the start-finish line. I let, the, I let them all Just disappear let up the road about yeah. 10 seconds and then I set off and I drove really cautiously around the five laps. I never left the track, I never hit a soul and the trophy didn't ding. So I think it's yeah, bugged. Yeah, something's fucked there buddy, isn't it? The other totally. one is uh, set a clean lap on every track on the game um, and I've done that as well and it hasn't dinged either. So I don't know if... I, I remember when... I think when the console first came out there were a few occasions where... Um, I'd load, I'd load up my PlayStation one day, and it would say on my newsfeed that I'd earned two trophies in the middle of the night, where they'd sort of suddenly unlocked when I wasn't even playing anything. Weird. Yeah. So hopefully that'll happen because if it doesn't, <laughs> nice. then I'm I'm fucked. It's all over. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Tesla grad. Been playing a bit more of that. Uh, it's got really hard now. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say, how's that developed? Because it was, what, the gloves and the boots, anything else? I think it's just the gloves and the boots you have to worry about, but there have been a few um, a few levels, a few sequences now where you've basically got to do like a 10-part a, a button combination across 10 seconds, and if oh, you don't get it right, then you die and you have to do it again. And there's a couple of times where I've got stuck to the point where it's become annoying. Um also, I've got to the stage now where I've doubled back on myself and I'm not quite sure where to go anymore. I know we were talking last week about the uh, the multi-map sort of section that they had there. When you pop the touchpad down, it goes to various rooms and stuff. Uh, I am officially lost now. Um, <laughs> and that, coupled with the difficulty spike, uh, may well be the end of Tesla Grad as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, um, You'd have to wait and see next week whether it's part of my what we've been playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what I've really been focusing on this week is is the football stuff. So I've been playing loads of the PES 2016 demo. Uh, and today I, I've had a good old go of FIFA 16. Um, trying to compare them as best I can. Um, and yeah, just trying them both out. Uh, have you played FIFA 16 yet? It only came out today, I know. No, you it is downloading. I, I downloaded Tearaway instead because I knew that you would have FIFA, so you'd talk about that, so I went for Tearaway. Good shout, buddy. I know, right? Covering all the ground. You're such a pro. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, FIFA 16 demo is incredibly impressive. It, it loads you into a Classico at the Bernabeu. Um, it's got full commentary, which most... FIFA demos yeah, in the past very rare had. for a football demo yeah. or any kind of sports demo really and it's great commentary as well it really is good the whole Martin Tyler Adam Smith thing I think a lot of people say they find it a little bit stark and boring but what I'm after is the Sky Sports experience and it delivers yes um, that, that's what you want that is the best place to watch football one because yeah. it's got every fucking game under the sun and two the commentary team and everything about them is just spot on and 
you want to replicate that in a game. They've yeah. been doing it for such a long time that they really are pro at it now. And and I've noticed the more and more games, and I know BT Sport have got the championship uh, Champions League license in the UK this year, uh, which is really upsetting for from a big football fan's point of view because their their coverage is poor. They've snapped up Gary Lineker <laughs> for the studio, but you've still <laughs> got to listen to fucking Michael Owen. <laughs> Telling True. you, telling you what a person has done, even though you were watching them do it. I love being told what I'm seeing. <laughs> catchphrase, buddy. Michael Owen would be great on catchphrase. <laughs> totally. So, um, <laughs> what really strikes, what really struck me when I loaded the FIFA demo up was the the presentation of that game in comparison to to Pez. It, it, it's always been the way though it has it has and it's not the most important thing and i realized that but for someone who didn't play 15 hasn't played fifa since about halfway through the lifespan of 14 um it, i i i realized how much i miss that presentation the the, the how nice the menus are yeah. how great the commentary is the licenses the licenses yeah, yeah. you can't help it. it it is a factor it's not it's all the shiny and pretty buddy you know it is it is now this demo uh, we reported last week in the news uh, all the different things and features that are in this demo and they are all in there but also it's got two women's national teams as well so you can play the women's uh, football as well uh, and yeah it's what the, uh, have you tried that yet uh, I have, yeah. And what are it, the stats and stuff like then? On uh, they've got that? separate stats on the demo, so it's, I, to be honest, I didn't investigate it too heavily. But they yeah, haven't yeah. they haven't made them like forty fives or anything. Yeah. they've got their own stats, and, and that's cool. Uh, as I understand it, you won't be able to play men's teams against women's teams, so I suppose that makes sense to have a different sort of um, yeah stat totally. target there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, down to the nitty-gritty of it, really. I was so, going to de- say, like, uh, so, yeah, a good bit of segregation there, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we want. So, <laughs> what it comes down to, or, or for most people, what it probably should come down to is gameplay. Yes. Now, I haven't played FIFA for, what, a year and a half? Yeah, Something about a year like and a half, must be. Uh, I... I walked straight back into FIFA and it felt completely natural to me uh, and I smashed Barca 3-0. And um, I was really surprised by that because I remember in years gone by, switching over to Pez or then back to FIFA as we, you know, we sort of yeah flitted back and forth a few times. It was always incredibly difficult. You played the other, the other franchise and it felt really alien. Does this um, mean that they're getting very similar then? I think they are I think they're getting much much closer together I, okay. I felt instantly at home playing FIFA and that that felt really odd to me but yeah. um, I don't know it's I think to be honest I think both games are going to come out this year and they're going to both review 9 out of 10 and we get back to the situation that we it's been many years since it happened where both games are incredibly competent and really fun to play yeah and it comes down to personal preference which is fantastic Ooh. news but what do we do then do we hold off and wait a couple of months or i don't know i mean it's it's to be honest and this might just be because i'm i'm more at home on pez having switched last season as competent as FIFA is and as as nice as it is and I found the passing really nice on the new game 
that spark just didn't it didn't feel like that spark was there it, it still felt to me as though everything was kind of on a track yeah and that was the problem uh, we always had with thing, FIFA. Wasn't it? yeah and and playing the pez demo this week and and granted i've had all week playing that game rather than just today like with the fifa Since demo you downloaded it again Yes, I did download it again. <laughs> the randomness of, of Pez, the way that the ball bounces around, uh, it just feels more like an art form rather than a, a machine. Like, it, it comes down to sort of almost like an emotional thing. It's really weird. But both games, I think, are really good. And I think it's going to be really tight this time round. I think... Pez has kind of got a lot of traction because of the fact that it's sort of a, it's seen as a return to form all of a sudden by the yeah. mainstream media. So it's actually getting more coverage than FIFA, I think. But I, I don't think there's much in it, man. And I think it's going to come down to personal preference this time round, which is great because they can start both pushing each other again, you know? Yeah, and that's what you want, isn't it? You need that competition. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing that it's going to come down to for us is game modes. If FIFA can deliver the experience that we get on PES now, then yeah, you know, you're you're talking, well, we're talking about how four, five, six of us get together and then try and batter the AI um, every Friday night. That is <laughs> what we want. That is what we want from, a, from our football games and... It was something that FIFA didn't used to deliver. The pro no. clubs mode, you could you could play the odd friendly against the computer, but you couldn't yeah, pick the teams no. in that. Um, but all you could really do was play against human opponents, and that's something that we didn't want to do. Because, because mainly they were midgets with afros. Exactly, exactly. That whole pro club system just doesn't work for us. We don't want to... S- we don't want to stat up our players because we know that other people will cheat theirs up higher. Yeah. And... And it just becomes a pissing contest rather than a game of football. And uh, Pez was a breath of fresh air because we can just play friendlies. We can pick our team, pick the computer team uh, and play the AI. Now, if FIFA delivered that or or even, you know, the holy grail that we've always wanted, which is a, a fully fledged online co-op career mode which i'm certain neither of these games is going to have this year never um or or possibly ever um (laughs) then that would be the deal breaker for us and we'd move to whichever one had it um but it's neither franchise talks about their online game modes before they release it's really strange you can't find anything out about pez i've i've been scouring google and yeah. I can't find anything out at all about Pez's online modes this time round. There's no information there. Nothing at all. Oh, well. Well, I think we're still going to go Pez this year, you know. I think so. I think I think we probably are. But there's always scope for, you know, I think it was 08 was the last time we, we bought both of them. And, yeah, it was um, I mean, that, this, that could happen again. Possibly. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing some more of the FIFA demo, and I wasn't sure that that would be the case. So yeah. that's the highest praise I can give it at this point. But uh, I think we shall see you, buddy. Gibbons, buddy. And that is what we've been playing. Now it's time for Fonz or Phoenix. 
in case no one really listened to us at the beginning, I wonder if people actually understand what Fonz and Phoenix is. <laughs> I did, you know, it came to me the other day, you know, we're like 25 episodes in and we're saying this bit called Fonz or Phoenix and people are probably like, what the fuck are they on about? Yeah, we, uh, I think we only explained it in episode one. <laughs> yeah, and then from there it's like, yeah, you know it. If you don't know it, God, you just you just don't know it. Come on. You're not okay. Cool. So a quick recap is in order, yeah. I think. I think you're absolutely right there. Good. <laughs> so uh, Fonz or Phoenix, uh, anyone who listens regularly will at least know that whether it's a sort of a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That's the idea, is we pick a piece of news each week, uh, and it is either a Fonz or a Phoenix. If it's a Fonz, then that's a thumbs up, because the Fonz was famous for his thumbs up. Classic. If it's a Phoenix, then it's... <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix from the movie Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> you know, uh, which is a tenuous link at best, but uh, <laughs> he was known as the emperor for yeah. putting his thumbs down if a gladiator was to be killed. Uh, and so that's our thumbs down. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Brief explanation. Yep. So what have we got this week? This week, buddy, we have a phoenix. Ooh. Um, this was brought to my attention by the wonderful Jim Sterling uh, this week. Um, and <laughs> it was tagged on to the end of one of his videos. Uh, if you don't know Jim Sterling, then uh, I-, I highly recommend you have a little watch of his videos on YouTube. Um, he's a, a, sp- a games journalist, but in the independent sense, he runs off of Patreon now. And uh, always very entertaining and always quite hard-hitting, mainly because he doesn't have to answer to some higher-up. He's he's kind of his own boss. Um, So I found the report for this on N4G uh, this week. Uh, This week, Kojima, Hideo Kojima, retweeted uh, a Metal Gear Solid 5 piece of fan art. Someone someone had done some really nice fan art of uh, Snake from Metal Gear Solid 5. Um... Desert Man Drake is the Twitter handle for the person who created it. Um, shortly afterwards, uh, the picture was taken down off of Twitter. What? And it turned out that Konami had issued, they'd filed a copyright claim <laughs> against the fan what? art and it was removed from Twitter. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. oh, well played, Konami. So. I mean, obviously, under normal circumstances, stuff like fan art is excellent uh, material for developers, for publishers, as yeah. a way of advertising their games. You know, it shows that there's a fan base that's heavily invested in what they're creating. But there's still this kind of ongoing, no one's really sure, feud between Kojima and Konami, and he's kind of apparently left Konami and no one really knows what's going on but yeah someone who loves Metal Gear Solid made some fan art of the game Metal Gear Solid uh, and and Konami uh, filed a copyright complaint against them copyright on that shit can't can't be copywriting you know copyright you know (laughs) how dare you love our product so much how's your beak just the most short-sighted That's impressive. nonsense. That's impressive. Uh, uh, there's nothing to discuss there. I just no. I, it's it, impressive though. Like I'm kind of like just thrown back a bit by the retardedness of Konami. There, <laughs> it's quite rare that uh, a, 
a, a Fonz or a Phoenix is so obvious for a week of the podcast, but <laughs> this week there was so really nothing. Do you reckon else. if I draw a picture of their new like slot machines and put that on Twitter, I'll get copyrighted? I think you should definitely do that. I can't okay. answer whether or not they do. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Sterling, worth, worth uh, seeing as I um, I saw this on one of Jim Sterling's videos, um, I, I felt like I needed to plug him a little bit. He's actually um, the the forefront of the current uh, Twitter campaign, hashtag fuck Konami. Nice. So, uh, yeah, worth popping that into Twitter and seeing what comes up. There's some <laughs> interesting stories about how that company operates. But also worth noting that if you're talking about Game of the Year nominations, then Metal Gear Solid Five will be up there. And uh, by the sounds of it, Pez will as well, to Konami yeah. games. So so we're all screwed by the looks of things. At least it's not EA, buddy. It's true. They're loving it. They're yeah. loving the lack of exposure, EA. <laughs> It's time for the news. The news. The news. The news. The news. The skin news. All right. Number one. Number Wang. Number Wang. Uh, Drive Club, buddy. Drive Club news. <laughs> no? <laughs> Anyone? No? No. Uh, this is Drive Club, a, a racing game that's been out for a year now and still has no private servers. Um, the Drive Club PS Plus bundle is out now. This is a, a new deal they've got. Obviously, you could download the PS Plus version of the game, which was just... Uh, is it just India, I think? Just the the Indian tracks. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> stick with me, buddy. And... Uh, <laughs> So they've uh, they've changed the pricing system here. So if you upgrade from the PS Plus version of the game, uh, then you can get the full game now for twelve pounds, eleven ninety nine. But this is the Justice for Gamers podcast, so I round up uh, twelve pounds. Uh, and if you want the full game and the season pass, then that's sixteen pounds. So do you remember how much we bought the game for? Was it thirty five quid? We got it for yes, I think it was thirty-five pounds between the two of us, um, and that so was split that a way of them trying to appease appease us for the fact that it was supposed to come out. The PS Plus thing was supposed to come out at launch, and yeah, and something bollocks like that. When if you got PS Plus, you could buy it cheap, wasn't it? Yes. So yeah, I mean, we bought it a year ago for like seventeen pound fifty each. Yeah. Yeah. We could buy it for £6 each now. That's true. We could buy it for £6 each now. I think for 12 quid, um, it, provided you're not looking to play loads of online racing <laughs> on there. We really should try it out again. Have you tried it out recently? No, I know what it'll be. You know, Until there's Shit. private lobbies on there, which yeah. I, I presume there never will be now. There you know, never will if be. If that was going to happen, it would have done. Um it's not worth playing. You just get battered no, well, off the road all the time. Um, especially with this deal as well, you'll have a new, whole new selection of people going on there to batter each other about. True. If you're looking for a fun single-player arcade racer, then it's difficult to argue with £12 for Drive Club. It's still one of the best-looking games on the console, and um, it is good fun, but it's just it was incredibly disappointing at the time. And from a multiplayer standpoint, it still is. Poor. So, yeah. Next, 
Um, the Oculus creator dude, he reckons VR is hugely expensive and a bit shit, uh, but it will get there. Uh, I'm paraphrasing there, of course. Yeah, he didn't actually say that. I like that version much better, though. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. It'd be so good. This is the wonderfully named Palmer Lucky, who... Uh, Invented Oculus, I suppose. Invented is the word, although you know he made it. Strap television to face is yeah. not necessarily an invention, but um, <laughs> I've got a quote from him here. Um, he was being interviewed. I think it was Gamespot. He was doing this interview with. Uh, In the long run, it's impossible to stop VR. At some point, technology will advance to the point where VR comes along for free. I don't expect everyone to be interested in VR as it is today, which is honestly a pretty expensive, relatively primitive proof of concept compared to where we want it to be, where science fiction depicts it. But it is an inevitable and it will and it is inevitable that it will become better. Good news. So yeah, I don't know what he means by one day it will be free. Um I I'm assuming he means holograms or whatever you know like all the time you need a peripheral then it will never be free so uh, I don't really know what he means by that but uh, um, meh words yeah at the moment it is a bit expensive and I'm not very interested in it because it's a bit expensive and because it doesn't seem that great at this point but I suppose you know I suppose it it, it will come in eventually once it's better once technology improves then eventually we won't be be sitting in front of screens with controllers will we um no it'll be in our brains yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe that's what he means who knows possibly who knows interesting stuff all the same and let's move on to more interesting stuff this is weird this is weird uh ubisoft announces plans for theme park yeah i don't i don't know Assassin's Creed land. Yeah, it's Far so yeah, this is area. It's going to be in Kuala Lumpur and it's going to be run by a Malaysian company. Um so it's slated for, slated to open in 2020 in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. The park will be a 10,000 square meter indoor complex featuring rides, shows and other attractions all built around Ubisoft's games and characters. So, in five years' time, like, Assassin's Creed probably going to be dead by then. Um, no, that that franchise will never die. It will. I will see the end of that. <laughs> it will die by my hand. <laughs> Indeed. Um, no, yeah, they're, they're going to have, like, the rabbits and whatever it is, raving rabbits and shit like that, isn't it? It's and that seems weird, to be though. where it stems from, yeah. So uh, I've got a little bit more of a quote here. Uh, Ubisoft's intention for this park is to immerse people in reactive worlds where they can interact with each other and become the heroes of their own life-sized game, says Jean de Rivières, senior vice president of Ubisoft Motion Pictures, which is the which is leading the project. Having previously produced an award-winning Rabbids Dark Ride for the Futuroscope theme park in France, Ubisoft Motion Pictures is creating the new park together with Malaysian theme park developer RSG. 
RSG will own and operate the park while Ubisoft will ma maintain creative control over the attractions. Uh, that was a, that was from the Ubisoft blog. Uh, I looked up RSG. Um, um, they don't. No, I, don't. I was going to no. come up with all kind of ludicrous things, but I'm I'm not. I'm yeah, holding back. It's not a fun. The acronym isn't at, after a fun thing, and, and it's not particularly pronounceable. So I'll leave that out. But. Um, I wanted to see what else they had created. You know, this sounds like quite a, a big project um, for a fledgling company. So I was thinking, okay, well, I'll have a little skirt around Google and see if I can find what else they've been up to. Um, they don't have anything else open at the moment apart from sort of hotel resort type places in Malaysia. But they are currently building Movie Animation Park Studios, um, which is a theme park based on animations like uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman uh, and Casper the Friendly Ghost. This is a DreamWorks theme park that they're creating. Oh, that's cool. And it's about, I think, 60% done, it says on their Facebook page. There's lots of photos. You can follow the progress of it being created. Whereabouts but, is that? Uh, again, in Malaysia. Malaysia. So, cool. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but um, yeah, I've always wanted to head out that that sort of way. So let's do it, road trip, buddy. Yep, off we Five go. Years time, get in the car. Yeah, we'll I vaguely remember looking at a map once and noticing you could actually drive to Malaysia from here. Other than mm. the uh, English Channel, there's no water in the way. So um, let's get in the car, buddy. Let's and do it, buddy. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Right next. Uh, the retailer Game has charged people up to five times for their pre-ordered copies of Super <laughs> Mario Maker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we one customer charged £235. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think the game was £33 on pre-order. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they've just been charging, like, duplicate charging people random amounts, which I'm sure they're going to be delighted with. Um, especially anyone who's put overdrawn by those. But, uh, yeah, there was a mm. statement from Game Today. I, I don't think this is the first time this has happened. Uh, but I couldn't remember if it was Game, so I, I don't want to slanderize. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure this has happened before, perhaps with someone like GameStop or something. But anyway, uh, Game issued a statement today saying, uh, we are working closely with our banking partners to resolve this issue urgently. If you find you are affected, our customer service team can be contacted on this dedicated hotline number. And just in case any of you are affected, that number is 01256 784 I thought it was going to be a funny one. 0800... Your mum's a whore. <laughs> 01256-784-400 or email us at customer.services at game.co.uk. Thank you for your patience and we apologise for any inconvenience cause. The inconvenience of withdrawing over £200 at random from your bank account. Yeah, you wouldn't be happy. No, you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff there. Uh, next. Uh, actually, this I, we can skip over this because I I, I just mentioned this, but uh, you kind of told everyone already. I was just going to say about the Tearaway Unfolded demo on the US PlayStation Store. Um, this isn't available anywhere in the EU, but uh, yeah, you can make your own US account and um, and then you can download it and give it a go. So yeah, yeah, do it. It's fun. It's nice and easy. Yes. Uh, and finally. Um, Microsoft have addressed some 
debate about uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, where they'd previously mentioned that there would be online play. Um, they said this week it lets players compete with their friends. Of course, uh, the previous game, uh, the Tomb Raider reboot, did have a fully fledged yeah, online had multiplayer, didn't it? On the, yeah, I'm sure it did. I never played it, but I'm sure it was there. Well, it looks like this one absolutely doesn't. Um, Oh, well. It looks like this is like a leaderboards type thing. I think there's going to be quite a few more tombs in this one. Yeah, there were. It was almost like sort of mini sections, wasn't it, in the old one where there was sort yeah. of a certain number of tombs. Yeah. So you, yeah, the whole map was like this big old island or whatever, and then within there, there's like little tombs you can go in and puzzles to solve, which was cool. I liked it. Well, I think that this will be the online elements they're talking about will be more of that. It will be maybe timed tomb raiding and that sort okay. of thing um, but it looks like there won't be uh, any sort of PvP or anything like that meh like, I've never played uh, the old multiplayer so not really fast. people don't buy yeah. it for that do they tomb no raiding. that's the thing like, a, lot of, a lot of companies do strap on these multiplayer things for well longevity or whatever but they're pointless really I don't know maybe not I mean, the if it wasn't uh, there, then... the Last of Us really, isn't it? The exception to the rule. Yeah, true. I guess so. That was a really good multiplayer mode, and um, Uncharted Four looks set to have one as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. Either yeah, way, that was a good multiplayer. Actually, really enjoyed that. It was fun. And that is the end of the news. Now it's time for golden release time. Love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we continue in this this beautiful golden era of uh, releasing. Releasing. Yeah. Yep. There uh, this week we have. Is it a steady stream? It's, I, I think it. You could only describe it as a steady stream, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So this week we have um, Destiny the Taken King expansion. Um, that's out on the 15th, along with Forza Motorsport 6, NHL 16, and Pro Evolution Soccer 2016, as well as the Elder Scrolls Online Imperial City DLC. Right, do we need to rate them? Like, top to bottom in awesomeness. <laughs> well, the one that we're most excited for is is Pez. Um, yeah. Destiny is proving to be a massive deal. Um, I know, right? Millions of people are still playing Destiny. Millions of people wholeheartedly disagree with our opinion on Destiny. And for that reason, The Taken King is, despite being an expansion, is probably a bigger release than any game coming out this week. I know. Crazy. Um, and Did you read the thing as well that apparently like Destiny Two was meant to come out this um, this week? Yeah, it was in the books to be out. There was going to be a two, three, and four, I think. Yeah, uh, no. Well, crazy. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, if you like Destiny, then fair play to you. Uh, if if you if you both like Destiny and also like this podcast, then fair play to you because we've given it a kick in for the last. 25 episodes or so I'm still tempted to play it like just go through the expansions like just play through them once and then that is it job done 
worth noting that to uh, experience the Taken King, you need to have bought all previous DLC packs. Yes, which is awesome. So yeah, get involved, because uh, apparently those were shit, and I think most people who have Destiny thought those were shit. So yeah. um, most people who like Destiny, rather, <laughs> thought those were shit. <laughs> uh, Forza Motorsport 6, I- I've read some reviews of this uh, today, and it's Forza. It's just Forza. Um, yeah. A lot of people saying that it, it's very, very similar to Forza Motorsport 5, just with a few added weather effects and nighttime racing and stuff that not a great deal has changed there. If you like Forza, then you'll like this, but uh, don't expect to be blown away, I think is the general tack at this point. Um, NHL, I, I kind of want to get into a, a hockey game. You know, it's been a long time since I had a hockey game and. Okay. It's always really fun. We'll do that. We'll pick up maybe like last year's version or something. That could know. work, yeah. Absolutely. They normally go on sale like around Christmas time, don't they? Like for like 10 quid or something. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't about that about Madden, wasn't I? Like last year when that was on sale for like 20 quid. It's or another something. one that I'd like to get into. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice to have them again. Like, I mean, we've got, we had our baseball fill last year, didn't we? Played that for yep. quite a while. The servers are offline, of course, on that game yeah, now. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Cheers for that, um, 2K, you arseholes. Yeah. No, like, EA, I'm guessing that's EA, isn't it, NHL 16? Yes. Surprising that it's only Xbox One, PS4, no 360, PS3. Yeah. That is a bit strange. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, also out on the 17th, we've got Sky Shines Bedlam, which is a, a, a PC sort of turn-based roguelike strategy game. Um, and releasing on Sunday, September the 20th in the UK. On Sunday, buddy. Odd. Skylanders Superchargers is out on all platforms. Xbox One, 360, PS4, PS3, Wii U, Wii, 3DS and iOS. Do they not know that that is the day of rest? I don't know if maybe it's a a comment on how family orientated their game is that they release it on a weekend. Um, maybe, or maybe maybe, like maybe that thing. Maybe Game Informer has let me down, and that date is just plain wrong. Um, <laughs> which seems more likely to me. But uh, yeah, it did catch my eye. <laughs> yeah, so that not the sort of uh, yeah, bit of a weird one. I liked how you skimmed over the Elder Scrolls Online DLC. It's like, yeah, just don't worry about that one. I don't know who needs DLC for that game. It's massive. Like, I know, right? That's what I was thinking. I mean, as you said, I think you said one time before, um, it's, you know, PC gamers, it's about time they had a DLC pack, but this isn't yeah, coming out totally. on PC. This is... Uh, mm. Weird. Xbox One and PS4. I don't know if it's yeah. already out on PC or if it's coming out afterwards, but uh, possibly certainly no tie in there. <laughs> so, okay. but anyway, that is golden release time. Oh, it's good. And now it's time for Fuckwit Corner. Back with Curly with Funk. Back with Curly with Funk. He's getting some questions. Funk. Funk. Ah. 
so first up from Funk this week, um, you said there are big games coming out all the way up to Christmas. Can we have a quick list of them? Ooh. So I a have down. Yeah, I've made a quick list by month of the what I consider to be the big games coming out in the lead up to Christmas. Um, obviously not including what I just read out <laughs> in golden release time. <laughs> Um, anyway, so for the rest of September, we've got FIFA 16, Lego Dimensions, uh, both NBA games, that's NBA Live and NBA uh, 2K. 2K16? Yes, that's right. Now uh, it. And finally, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 is also out in September. Moving into October, we've got Elite Dangerous on the Xbox One, Rock Band 4, uh, Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection on the PlayStation, Guitar Hero Live, Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Halo 5 on the Xbox One. That's quite a big month. Uh, yeah, October's pretty decent, isn't it? Pretty solid. November. November even more so, I think. Uh, so November, we've got Need for Speed, um, Black Ops 3, Fallout 4, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Star Wars Battlefront and Star Fox Zero in November. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and then in December... Just Cause 3, Rainbow Six Siege, Trackmania Turbo, and Hitman are all coming out. So, uh, what's your top three then? Top three? Oh, it's tricky. I, I have simple. to disregard Xbox games because I don't have one. Um, True. There'd be so some Xbox gone. games in there though, man. If it was if it was everything, then Tomb Raider would probably be in there for me. Um, looking at that, my top three is probably uh, Rainbow Six. Yeah. Um, Need for Speed. Yes, and There's one more is screaming at me. I suppose Battlefront. Although tempted by Rock Band. What about yours, buddy? I'm guessing Fallout's going to be in there. Yeah, you know, it, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised that you came up with Need for Speed, though. <laughs> I wouldn't I expect that from you. Well, I tell you what, like. With the the whole story bollocks, and I know five, five storylines, buddy. Five. <sighs> Fucking. I tell you, man, that game is going to be shite. I <laughs> promise that is. that game will be shite. But it looks gorgeous. Yeah. It looks absolutely beautiful. It really. And I can't get past it. that at this I point. Know. I like, just want to play it. <laughs> like uh, as soon as I saw that like five ways to play like video, I like immediately sent it to everyone saying, "Look at the shiny." It's just like, uh, it, I hope that it pulls it out because, like, it's saying it's got these five different ways. <sighs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. You know, you can do speed, aggression, like style, drift, and team play, isn't it? Wow, I nailed all five of them. Um, Nicely done. I know, especially. Um, it just depends if they do all five of them really well. You know, because I know you'd be like the speed. That is you. I'd be drift, because that's what I do. And I think we'd be good at the team one as well. Maybe style as well, because like, we like to be outlandish with our looks. It's just going to be cringing, though. Like All the all the character stuff and the, yeah, mate, the I love story. It. It's going to be so cringeworthy. It's what it's you all know? about. Can't <sighs> wait. It, it looks fucking unbelievable that yeah, game it, does. it really does closest thing it? I've ever seen to photorealistic and it's beautiful yeah it really is beautiful like a teapot <laughs> not again 
<laughs> Not again. So yeah, I mean, there's loads of there's loads of exciting things. I mean, if you're if you're an Xbox gamer, then you've got Rise of the Tomb Raider and Halo in there as exclusives. I mean, that's that's kind of yeah, a big deal cool. across across like a four week period. Um, rhythm action games have returned in a big way. We got Guitar Hero and Rock Band before Christmas. Um, Rainbow, of course. Ooh. There's there's just so much to get stuck into yeah, there. It's, bait, yeah. it's very exciting. I mean. If all those games were spread across the entire year, you'd think it was a good year. The fact that they're all coming out in a like three month period it's means just... that I'm going to be very, very poor. Everyone's going to be poor. Anyone listening to this, I'm sure, will be very poor. <laughs> yeah, well, but we'll also be happy. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> so yeah, um, the the other thing from Funk this week, uh, can you do some jargon busting for us, non techie types? Um, what is V-Sync? What does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> it's a vertical sync. It is vertical sync. So you um, need to know. I printed, I uh, <laughs> copy-pasted it off of the wiki because I decided that the wiki would be better at explaining it than us. <laughs> um, it's short for vertical sync. V-Sync is a display option found in some 3D computer games that allow the gamer to synchronise the frame rate of the game with the monitor refresh rate for better stability. Ooh. If the V-Sync is turned off, gamers might obtain a higher frame rate, but this action may introduce artefacts to the game. So, the way that I understand this may or may not be accurate, but the way I understand it, you're you're telling the game to wait for the refresh rate of the the device you're using to view the game or the PlayStation itself, for example. You're telling it to wait for the screen refresh so that they synchronize at the same time. And when that doesn't happen, then that's when you get screen tearing. When you get frame rate issues, for example, Grow Home, um, it's when the refresh rate and the frame rate aren't in alignment anymore and so you you end up getting this sort of tear where it's not a seamless image because in places on the screen the two things aren't marrying up properly this is why i read out the wikipedia version of the explanation rather than tried to do it myself because i just sound like i'm talking <laughs> bullshit right now yeah totally it's it, it's uh it's the computer doing the things so it looks the shit yeah there you go. You can't say fairer <laughs> than that. <laughs> Job done. So yeah, basically it, it it requires a steady frame rate and more processing power for V-Sync, but it keeps everything in sync and stops it from tearing, ripping textures yeah. and so on. Uh, and we see it on F1, especially in the more detailed levels where... You're getting screen tearing all over the place. Uh, it's quite a big deal on these consoles because they are underpowered and developers will cut the corner on V-Sync to keep the frame rate up. And yeah. that will affect the visual quality. And we're seeing more and more of it, which is a shame. But, but yeah, I hope that helped. Little bit of business here little bit of business there. Do 
you have a question for us here at the Justice for Gamers podcast, every week we'll be ending the show with questions and comments sent in by you. Pop us a message on one of our social media sites or send an email to contact at justiceforgamers.com and we'll do our best to sort you out. And now it's time for questions and answers. And our first question this week is from someone who's never asked us a question before. So thank you very much. Uh, This is from Michael Strong uh, and he says... I love making maps and levels in games like Dota and StarCraft. Do you think somehow that will make it onto consoles or even become more popular? I think LittleBigPlanet did something like that, but I'm an Xbox and PC fanboy. So this is someone who really likes making levels and maps and that sort of thing, looking for more customization on consoles. Um, I think probably, yeah, you're in luck because that that seems to be the way it's going, isn't it, Ash? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, where do you want to start? I mean, well, I'm going to say GTA has been a big one that um, I've looked into. Um, so um, you can pretty much make anything you want in GTA, all like the different levels or death matches and stuff like that. And then they use the web, uh, their Rockstar, what is it? Oh, Social Club, that's the one. That's right. As their like main hub, and you go on there, you find whatever you want, and like like it or whatever, and then in the game it will add it to your online game, and you can play all those maps. Um, and that's totally free, which is awesome, I think. Yeah, that's that's been a big thing. And, uh, I mean, even down to the Rockstar editor coming to uh, the consoles yeah, as well, as well it's, yeah. it's something that in previous years, in previous generations, that would never have made it to the consoles from the PC. Um, but it's coming through. I think a lot of this is to do with the architecture of these consoles. You know, they're, they're so, so much like PC architecture now. That um, you know, it gets to the stage where it's easier to put these things across, and and the power as well, the the, the comparable power. Um, you look at Fallout Four coming out soon with yeah. its with its mod, mod support, support man. It's a yeah, massive really deal cool. for consoles. That's a huge deal for consoles. I mean, that's like you know, like sacred land that was like a big thing that like the pc master race had over consoles so it's like yeah you can't do this shit yeah but yeah they're, they're trying to find ways of doing that so we'll see how fallout 4 actually provides that it's going to be interesting i must say what do you think is the was the the first console game that we really got into sort of editing and, and level making and stuff on looking back i suppose it would have been 360 era wouldn't it yeah mine's probably halo 3 Oh, yeah, the Forge mode on there. Yeah, Forge mode was awesome. I mean, uh, the big bunker, probably called Bunker. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, we, I I spent an entire day making, like, a deathmatch arena in there. And I was very surprised in how good that game, like, that level worked. Um, we had King of the Bill, didn't we? Yeah, that was, a, that, that was another one, wasn't it? It was a bit random, that wasn't it? It was like running the gauntlet, like gladiator style. You see stuff like that on GTA Five now. I, yeah, I've seen videos yeah, totally. of the Yogscast playing levels very similar to that. Yeah, um, yeah. This was essentially one. a yeah, it was a King of the Hill where we had a platform up very high, and then you had to sort of run an obstacle course to try and get round to to become the king of that hill, kind of yeah. thing. But you know, I mean, 
you look at the way things are going. We got uh, stuff like Super Mario Maker coming out. Um, I know you've done some level editing in Trials before as well, haven't you? And, and that's yeah, been back a in big the day. console thing. That's um, tough though. There's a big, big scene for the Trials um, custom maps, isn't there? Like the, yeah. the people that do it properly. I mean, the latest DLC had a load of the the custom creators actually design levels and they had like what's it the battle or whatever it is you know red links versus kind of thing yeah which, which is cool and and the fact that those are uh, cross platform level edits as yeah, well like totally. you can make a level on the PC that's that's playable on the consoles as well um, if you're an Xbox fanboy then you should probably be excited about Hololens as well where I mean <laughs> yeah true cautiously excited after what's come before but um with that tabletop demo they showed at e3 of minecraft and looking into that world in a holographic environment that was quite that's quite an exciting prospect to to anyone who likes to create levels and maps and that sort of thing uh, i think the pc will always be ahead of the curve uh, just because that platform is more conducive to editing in general isn't it but definitely um, there's more and more stuff coming in we saw the the doom thing as well didn't we yeah snap map um it looks pretty intuitive a nice simple way of just chucking different rooms together i guess to make up whatever kind of arena you want but you know that's that's another thing and it's like, the good thing about this is all uh, i remember when uh, the original trials hd came out and it had the map editor but you could only share it with your friends but thankfully obviously times have changed games have progressed since then and now it's like an open world of everyone you know everyone shares a map everyone can download it they can like it, they can dislike it, and you know that that just makes like if there's a game that you really love, like say he's into Dota and Starcraft, you know that's gonna make that game last so much longer if you want to keep playing it, kind of thing. Yeah, totally, man. And it's it's easy to forget how quickly we've moved forward. I said to you, I've been playing some Guitar Hero on my 360 this week. Yeah. Uh, First thing I did when I turned my 360 on was went to sign into Xbox Live, and then I remembered it doesn't have a Wi-Fi card in that console. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, think, things are moving on really quickly. Um, Customization seems to be a big deal right now. I mean, you look at what Bethesda's doing. You look at what Bethesda's done in the past. They've always been kind of market leaders. Yeah. And if they're putting this sort of mod support and customization into games like Fallout and Doom, then that's definitely the way we're heading. So uh, I think there's lots of reasons to be cheerful in, in the console gaming in that respect. I think there's lots of reasons to be cheerful. True. So, yeah. Uh, and our final question this week is from PJ. Um, this is an interesting one, actually. Um, what for you guys as podcasters is the major downfall stroke turnoff of other podcasts? Um, has this changed since you've been doing it? So we, we've had questions in the past about what other podcasts we listen to and stuff. Yeah. Um, does anything spring to mind there? Like, is there anything that you listen to a podcast and you're like, no, this isn't for me? Yeah, bad recordings. Can't fucking stand it. This day and age, it's not hard to fucking get a decent mic and just put it in front of your face and talk. Like, you don't need to have, like... I mean, yes, I do have a master's in fucking audio engineering, but still, um, it, it doesn't take a lot to get 
a decent quality audio signal and you know tidy it up a bit cut it here take this bit out whatever just that's my main issue with with podcasts if they're just badly edited and stuff like that yeah man i mean if, if if we can get a decent sound quality off of me recording through a 2006 macbook <laughs> then then there's really no excuse for anyone is there to be honest um i think a lot of people just don't think it matters though it's crazy yeah Those people are dumb i think the only other thing that really springs to mind for me is um some some podcasts i listen to where they kind of disappear up their own asses a little bit, you know. It it tends to be opinions and and that sort of thing. Like when when I'm listening to a podcast, um, I a new podcast, let's say, then within the first sort of ten fifteen minutes, I'll know whether the people I'm listening to are sort of my sort of person or not. And there's a few podcasts I listen to where I'm not really that keen on the people, but. They they're really knowledgeable, and I'm finding a lot out, so I'm willing to sort of stick with it. But yeah, it takes a certain kind of personality, I think, as well as the actual content for me to keep listening on a weekly basis. And I listen to a lot of podcasts now. I, I, I'm, I'm working a fairly menial job at the moment, where I can actually just listen to stuff all day at work. So I'm, I'm probably listening to a podcast or two a day at the moment, and. Um, but yeah, I don't think doing the podcast has changed my opinions on other people's ones. The only thing that it has done is uh, the fact that I have to listen to the sound of my own voice for a couple of hours a week. I yeah, it's kind weird, of feel like I've kind of adjusted the way that I speak <laughs> a little bit. I, from from the first sort of three or four podcasts, I was listening I back to myself. So. We probably like, sound like very strange back then. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I don't really like what I'm hearing. So I've kind of been trying not to drop so many t's and trying to escape the dialect of the area i'm in to an extent but you would have um, thought that i would have tried to educate myself a bit more but i just you know it's not my style it's not what i do it's not my thing you don't need to do a damn thing son (laughs) (laughs) that will happen so yeah So I think that'll about do us for the Silver Jubilee edition. Jubilee! <laughs> Jubilee! <laughs> episode of the Justice for Gamers podcast. Uh, how have you found proceedings this week, Ash? I found it exciting that we had a question from someone else that I we don't know. know. We thought I mean, only nine people getting... listens to this. It turns out there's like ten. <laughs> At least ten now. Yeah. Come on. Check that. Yeah. I'd like to say a massive thank you to Michael Strong again. Fucking well played. You you are the first non-person we know to ask a question and you will be remembered forever. Oh yeah, remembered throughout <laughs> history. Exactly. Um, and worth noting to anyone else who is listening that uh, it's not it's not difficult to get on this podcast. <laughs> Literally <laughs> ask us fucking anything. You haven't and, even got uh, to ask us a question. You could just say hi. Just say hi. We'll pop it on the end. Yeah, um, just, just pop it in there. Yeah, anything will do. Very thumb easy. it in. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good tactic. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a really fun podcast. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I, it. We had quite a little debate earlier, you know, but uh, 
things are got, easing out. Things now. got on the edge of heated. I know. But, I was uh, like, this guy, this guy's asking for it. <laughs> He's just not backing down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, good, it's though, all buddy. good. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, you can find us at www.justiceforgamers.com. Uh, we are Facebook forward slash Justice for Gamers. Twitter, we are at Justice for Gamer. We're also on YouTube. Uh, just search Justice for Gamers, you'll find us on there. Uh, and we're also on Google Plus, if that is how you choose to live your life. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, I've been Alex, and he's been Ash. Indeed I have, and goodbye. Yep, have a good week, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Justice for Gamers podcast with Ash and me, Alex. We release this every Sunday night, so you can preload it for the week ahead. To find out more, head to justiceforgamers.com, Facebook forward slash Justice for Gamers, or Twitter at Justice for Gamer. If you have anything interesting to say, pop an email to contact at justiceforgamers.com, and if you could write us a review on iTunes, we'd be forever in your debt. Have a cracking week, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>